are listening to The Music Room with Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. Hi, everyone. This is Aileen Miracle and Katie Minichi. And this episode, we are going to talk about the life of a music teacher, just like the day in the life kind of thing. So, um, you know, I thought this would be a good topic for teachers who are new to teaching music as well as really anybody. Because I think, you know, as I've like traveled around to different states doing workshops, I have come to learn that, you know, education can look pretty different depending on where you are. And even in the same district or even in the same state, you know, it can look pretty different. So I just thought it would be interesting to talk about that. I think so too. I think a lot of people are fascinated with what other people's days are like. I know I'm one of those people. Maybe we could just kind of talk about like our days today or kind of a typical day during this week. Although I will warn you that um, this week I have two concerts, so it's not exactly a typical week. So I could talk about like what my day would typically look like and what it looks like this week because of it being concert week. Do you have any concerts this week, Katie? I am doing informances this week and they have been a blast. That's awesome. What grade level? Kindergarten. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm having so You're much having fun. Parents come into your music room and just sure. kind of see like music class. Yeah, I'll give details on that yeah. when we when we get into our day. But my okay. my crazy concert week was two weeks ago, so I'm I'm smooth sailing now. Okay, awesome. All right, so um, are you at an early school or a late school in the morning? I am contractually at my school at eight twenty. So I think that's one of the later schools. Yep. So in our district, we have like, because we're a pretty big district, we have half of the schools on an early schedule where they have to be at work at 8.05 and specials would start at 9. And then Katie and I are both at late schools where we have to be at school at 8.20 and then we start teaching at 9.15. Yeah. So um, typically on a typical week at 8.20 or, you know, sometimes a little bit before then, um, depending on the day. Mm-hmm. And this week, now I have a crazy week this week. Like I said, I, on Monday, I had skit practice first thing in the morning because it's my, my job at end of the year skit for the kids to celebrate reading and writing or to promote reading and writing. Yes. So we're using a green screen and yeah, doing like Jimmy Fallon grid style type video. Um, so I had that on Monday. Then Tuesday and Thursday this week, I have choir practice. Usually it's just Thursday. Mm-hmm. But Tuesday and Thursday this week, I practice. Today is Wednesday. As we're recording this, I had a staff meeting. And usually it's just like every few weeks of staff meeting. And then on Friday, I have strings in my room in the morning. I'm not teaching it. Another teacher is. But um, I have to go to someone else's room for more skit practice. So it's kind of a crazy week. But usually when I get to school at 820, um, if I don't have choir and I don't have a staff meeting, I just go get my cup of coffee and I can get some work done. What about you? Uh, I like to get up a little bit early because I live um, a couple cities over, technically. And I like mm-hmm. to get, I aim for eight o'clock because if I wake mm-hmm. up and get out the door, then I don't really have to be a mom in the morning. So a lot of times I'll leave the house before mm-hmm. my daughter's even awake, which is great. So I like to get there around eight o'clock. I have choir on Wednesdays, but my choir sang at a nursing home last week, so I gave them the week off. So, for example, mm-hmm. this morning I just got to come in and get my tea and 
Um, we didn't have a staff meeting. It was canceled so that we could get end of the year filing and that kind of stuff done. And um, my right. first obligation is bus duty. I love bus duty. So for me, that that doesn't so start until eight fifty. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of the day. That's, yeah, it's nice to be able to greet them like that. I actually don't have any morning duty this year. I all my duties in the afternoon. Nice. So yeah, I, I actually have the time from eight twenty to nine fifteen if I don't have something else like choir yeah. or a staff meeting to get done, which is nice. Yeah. I, I feel pretty productive in the morning, so I, it breaks it up to get to go outside and, you know, unless it's raining. Right. Then I don't love it as much, but it's nice to go outside and be the first person that some of the kids really see in the school. So I, I kind of ham yeah. it up. <laughs> I have a good time. So, yeah, I start teaching at 9.15. Now, um, the way that our district schedules are set up now is quite different than the way it used to be. So we used to have, this was a few few years back, we used to have grades one for music twice a week for 35 minutes and kindergarten would be once a week for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was like some classes had mm-hmm. music on Tuesday and Friday and some had Monday and Wednesday and some had Monday and Friday. So your schedule would be kind of sporadic, like I guess block scheduling where like all the first, typically all of the first grade teachers have planning at the same time. And mm-hmm. one class goes to art, one goes to music, one goes to life. Now we kind of split up like that. And we have first grade gets art twice every five days because we do A, B, C, D, E. Mm-hmm. Second and fifth grade get twice. And then third and fourth grade get music twice. Although typically they'll come to music one time with one teacher and the other time with the other teacher, which maybe we've talked about on the podcast before. Sure. But anyway, my point in telling you all that is we have a pretty... I, I feel like it's a much more consistent schedule than what we used to have. So like I start my day every day with first grade and then every day except for one grade and it's 15 minute classes. Mm-hmm. I have first grade for 15 minutes. Then I have a block of planning except on one day it's in the afternoon. Then I teach second grade and then fifth grade. And then I have my lunch and then I teach band and then third and fourth grade. What about you? My day is a little bit more disjointed because I'm at three buildings, but I start my day with third grade. So I am a partner school of yours. So my morning school has the exact opposite schedule. So you end your day with third and fourth. I begin my day that way. So um, we have our kindergarten block moved a little differently than some other schools because of our... um, larger classes like we have in our district five sections is kind of considered a full class grade level um but at my current school in the morning there are some sections where there are six so we are pretty stuffed at the moment so we do third grade and then I have kindergarten so their block is kind of like smushed in between um and I think a lot of that has to do with lunches as well and then I teach fourth grade so, for example, this morning I had third grade and they were in stations. Um, they did a station rotation using iPads and then they were practicing Mi Re Do and then they, they were playing a rhythm game called King of the Mountain. So yeah. they were rotating in those stations. And then as soon as they left, 
kindergarten and their parents came in, which was awesome. Yeah. I I know we're not talking anecdotally today, but I have to share one quick story because it was the most adorable thing. Um, I'm doing a true informants, which is basically parent observation, but I'm encouraging any parents that come to sit with their child, interact with the lesson with their child. So the last time I saw them, I let the kids plan the lesson. I got a lesson template out and let them choose all the activities they were going to do. That's so fun. It was really fun. So every single kindergarten chose Mortimer as their book because I always do a book with kindergarten. It's so good, right? So, um, and they've practiced sharing instruments and keeping their instrument asleep when it's not their turn to play and the cling clang rattles come out and they sing, you know, for the book. Uh And then the xylophone is up and down the stairs. Uh So we turn it into a sound story as I read it. And one of the little boys in class was playing the xylophone. And I said, okay, I'm going to turn the page, which means that if you see a friend that does not have an instrument, you need to pass to that friend. And this little boy stood up and walked over to someone's grandmother. It wasn't even his grandmother. Oh. And handed her the mallets. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my heart's exploding. And bless her heart, she came over and sat crisscross on the floor and played the xylophone and thanked him for the xylophone, you know, for the mallets. It was the cutest thing. (laughs) So, um, you know, that just made my whole day. Yeah. Um, but it's been going really well. I think it's really good for the kids. As you were saying before, you used to see them for 35 minutes on a more frequent basis. But this year, we've cut our time down to 25. And we only see those kindergartners like every eighth day. Good thing. Just yeah. about. Yeah. So right. that infrequency kind of led me to the informants. But now I feel like I'll never go back. It's been so fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a lot more joyful, relaxed way to start performance for kids because they don't see it as a performance. Um, Then I teach fourth grade and they're Mm -hmm. in the middle of finishing an art music collaborative project. And um, then I have my lunch at my morning building and then Mm -hmm. I travel. So depending on the day on A, B or C days, which right now is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but is not always. um, I go to my second building, and I teach third, then fourth grade there. Mm-hmm. Or on D&E day, I then travel to a third building, and I'll teach fourth, then first grade. So okay. so the trade-off to being a traveler is that I only teach five classes a day, but then I, I have that travel time. Right. So I teach a little less. I I personally would rather teach more and travel less, but... It'll work out. It'll work out eventually. That's like less grade levels too. That's that's the way we've been doing it in our district. Where in some travelers are only doing like third, fourth in kindergarten or third, fourth in band. So Mm -hmm. you have a little bit more because you also have first grade. Yeah. And I think that the people who have made the schedule have been really respectful of that. They kind of know the travelers at this point. And so I've taught first grade more than yeah. once as a traveler, but I, I've also expressed that I'm okay with having variety. It really doesn't bother yeah. me. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I guess since you talked through your lessons, I could talk through a little bit. Please and of course, do. You, had, you know, anything else that you've done? 
Um, so, okay. So I started my day with first grade. They just learned quarter rest last week or top rest, whatever you want to call it. So, um, this week we've been practicing rest. So, um, with my first graders, it really, with all of my grade levels, I like to have them like come in and just play a game, just sing joyfully, you know? So my graders just learned rest. So we came in and sang naughty kitty cat and played the game a few times, which is (laughs) a super fun game. And then I always do a gathering song and I use, um, it's the melody of the more we get together, but we change it to, oh, here we are together, together, together. Oh, here we are together in music today with Aileen and Katie and Johnny and Kelsey or whatever. And you just go around the whole so room fun. and sing everyone. Yeah. And then we end with, oh, here we are together in music today. And on day of today, we hit the ground. I don't even remember where I got that, but it works. The kids love it. It's just a nice you know, way to always start music the same way. I love it. And then I to thank you. And then we went into like our solos. I'll listen to a few kids every day. just sing, you know, hello to me. Yep. I tell me what they're doing this summer or whatever. And then I like to go back to my first song that we did a game with, I'll go back to that and do something concentrated. And there's a lot of different ways to do that. I know some people like to do a game and then when they do something concentrated, they use a completely different song, but I like to use the same song. So we went back to Naughty Kitty Cat and we did some reading with it. And like I said, we're just doing a lot of um, practice of quarter rest sure. and with a composition activity for see the old witch. I made these cards that kind of had to do with see the old witch. So like one of them said fell down. So they were like two B cards and another said witch. And there was a rest after it. And another said found a penny. And then another said silly witch. And they had to put them in order with a group of whatever they wanted, you know? Yeah. So we did it like as a B section. So we would sing, see the old witch. We go through the whole song and then be like fell down, silly witch, witch found a penny or whatever and you know add a repeat oh, cute. yeah it was really fun so that's what I've been doing with first grade um second grade you know that a lot of times I've been able to get to Ray and half note at the end of second grade sure but this year I just felt like I was trying to shove it in too much and not really being able to like do a lot of like great practice and creating and exploration with their known concepts. Mm-hmm. So I decided to wait until the beginning of third grade to do Ray and half note. And we've been preparing Ray and half note, but I actually did centers for dough. I think it was uh, yesterday with second grade. I did centers with dough and just had them practicing dough in different ways. Like sure. I had a, a boom card game that um, silly. O music. It's um, someone I know named Jane, she's a very sweet person. She made this boom card game for dough, which I could link to, link to in the show notes. Um, and I actually have a blog post about the centers for dough that I've done before. Okay. Like the centers I did yesterday were slightly different than that blog post, but I could link to that too, just so you can kind of get an idea of the different things. So they're just, you know, practicing dough in different ways. And then we rotate every five or so minutes. So that was really fun. And then, uh, fifth grade, um, we actually were doing centers for ukulele and I did that for the first time today and loved it. Awesome. And I actually super excited. I got ukuleles for every single student now before I was, I had like enough for half of the class. So they kept having to switch back and forth, but my new principal was able to fund our ukuleles for everybody. That is awesome. So we had like one center, you know, I, I did some direct instruction with whole group 
first and we reviewed the C major chord. And then at one center, they were doing like this play along. I, I could link to that in the show notes too. I think I'm going to blog about the ukulele centers because it was so fun. But um, they did like a play along with a YouTube video at one center. And it's Bernadette teaches music. She has tons and tons of ukulele. Oh, that's so tutorials. cool. Yeah. So it actually linked to it in TandyTube. So TandyTube is this thing we have in our district where you can take a YouTube video yeah. and you post it to TandyTube so there aren't any commercials, which is great. Yes. So, um, so they did a play along at one center. At another center, they did a ukulele worksheet. And a, at another center, they had a PowerPoint with different strumming patterns and they taught themselves some strumming patterns. And then at the last center, my friend David Rao just came out with these awesome ukulele cards where... It's almost like playing cards, like you kind of pull a card and you do what it tells you to. Okay. Um, it's had like chord diagrams on them. So they were like teaching themselves different chords, which was really fun. Love so, it. Yeah. So that was really fun. And I have to say that um, I do love recorder. I do. However, having 28 kids play recorder is a completely different experience than having 28 kids playing ukulele. <laughs> Correct. You know, I don't want to hate on recorder, but... Right. It just has it just has some really unique challenges because it's really hard for the kids to play softly. Yes. Yeah, they're not trying to play obnoxiously when it's when it's loud. It's just, you know, the way the sound right. comes it's, out. It's not recorder. intentional. It is not. Yeah, I mean in most sometimes cases, it say. is. In most sometimes it is. Sometimes, yeah. Um, but ukulele is just a really pleasant sound. So when you have twenty five, twenty six, whatever, however many students playing ukulele, like it's a very pleasant sound. It doesn't. Yeah. I definitely um, want to try out some of the play alongs. I know there are quite a few for recorder as well, but one of the other things I want to explore next year in station rotations, especially is screencastify. Um, yeah. I'd like to play with that as me leading a virtual center. I think that'd be really cool to like have a video <laughs> of me explaining it or even singing a song. If the kids are playing a game, yeah. And just singing it to make sure that they stay in a head voice. Yes. You know? So this is pretty interesting. Um, Katie and I just took this class in our district called Web Apps, or it's not called Web Apps anymore, was mm-hmm. the official title. Mm-hmm. But that's where that's where you learned about Screencastify, right? Yes. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been using whenever I needed to do like a tutorial on my computer. I've been using Screencast-O-Matic, which costs money, I think. I want to say it's it's pretty nominal. It's like $15 a year or something. But through this class, we learned about Screencastify, which is a Chrome extension, and it's completely free. And it, from what I could tell, had all the same features as Screencast-O-Matic, and it was free. But I, it's so cool that you just said that because I hadn't thought about, you know, using it for teaching, but you definitely could. Yeah. I mean, you could leave the instructions for a center and then the kids would be completely leading themselves. So it's definitely something I want to play with. I love it. Really cool. You know, Uh, summer projects. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then (laughs) I didn't have band today. Usually I have band every day, but I didn't have band today because yesterday we had our combined band concert at the middle school and tomorrow they have their band concert and choir concert at our school. So they had full band Tuesday and Thursday. So I had a day off from band, which was, you know, nice. Yeah. (laughs) Not getting home until 9 p.m. yesterday. Um, And then third grade, we were working on square dancing for Pioneer Day. Are your third graders working on that too? Well, 
Pioneer Day is a different day at each of my buildings. Last Friday was a Pioneer Day for me at my morning building, and I got to go and help call. I saw that on Facebook. So so you help call. Yeah. Our, you know, the district handles it differently, and I don't think a lot of districts actually do Pioneer Day, but it's mm-hmm. a really cool experience for the kids. And my main teacher at my morning school, the lead teacher there, is uh, a strings person. So she actually brings her violin and she fiddles, which is really cool. So, yeah, like, we, she does most of the calling for the traditional squares, but then uh, when we do the Virginia Reel, we always focus on Alabama Gal because it's awesome. And so yeah. we did it completely live. So she she fiddled and I sang, which was so fun. Uh-huh. Were you just like singing out directions? No, I just sang the words with the kids because they knew the oh, real. Nice. Okay. Yeah, they just... had practiced it with with both of us, so they knew the real well enough that they didn't need instructions for it. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just all sang. It was really joyful and fun. <laughs> well, so okay, so it's been a few years since I taught square dancing because last year the traveler. Um, prepared them for Pioneer Day. Okay. And this year, I'm going to completely admit that it snuck up on me. Like, I completely forgot about it because, right? you know, the other teacher, I, I hadn't taught, done it in a few years. I think my traveler has been, whoever I've had as the traveler has been doing it for several years. And I completely forgot to tell my traveler about it. And no one mentioned anything to me at all. Oh, and it just, funny. like, completely oh, snuck up funny. at me. And then one of the third grade teachers said, hey, are you going to do something for um, Pioneer Day? You know, and he was so cool about it. He's like, it's no big deal if you don't. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I completely forgot. Well, Ah. thankfully, I had room in my schedule to have like a complete, you know, full 50 minute lesson that this is what I'm going to concentrate. I'm going to teach them a bunch of square dancing, you know, basic terms. I usually like to spend more than just one lesson on it, but I at least was able to focus the entire lesson on square dancing. Right. So I know it's schools. Does your school have a caller? Yeah, there is they somebody. They hire a caller. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, and I know some, at some schools in my district, I think they spend quite a bit of time preparing the kids. So I kind of felt bad that I was just doing one full lesson, but it's okay. what it is. Oh, well. Um, but I uh, brainstormed and I, I reached out to the trouble that I had last year and asked her what terms she had taught um, and kind of went back to my plans from when I had taught it. And so like all the basic square dancing terms, like you know, obviously teaching them partner and corner, teaching them swing and promenade and circle left, circle right, right hand star, left hand star, you know, all those, you know, sure. all of those. So we came in sing, in saying Rocky Mountain, which the game that I know with Rocky Mountain has a promenade in it. So that was kind of my transition into square dancing. Got it. And them all partners and taught them all the different moves. And we did it in one big circle. And then I split them up into squares and we tried all of that. And then this was kind of different. What I've done before is I've done the listen to the mockingbird book. Do you have that resource? I don't have that one. Okay. So it's a really fun resource. Anything by the new England dancing masters is fantastic. Sure. But for sure. And was to teach them the square dance, listen to the mockingbird. But like, as I was teaching, I'm like, you know what? I think I just need to call out random moves. Cause that's, what's going to happen on pioneer day you know yeah with square dancing you have to think on your feet and you just have to call her and know oh they said promenade i have to promenade or they said swing your partner i have to swing my partner you know so i taught them all the basic moves we did another review of all the basic moves and then i had them stand up in their square and i put on music from chimes of dunkirk which is another new england dancing masters that's uh, the one i have yeah and i just was like circle to the left and i did it 
And they were like, one of the first class was like, for how long? I'm like, until I say something different. (laughs) (laughs) And then I would do circle to the right. Now promenade your partner. And I was just like, really like what a caller would do, I guess. Right. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. They had such, especially the class today had such a blast with it. And I was like, did you guys have fun? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, I know you were kind of nervous about it. I know boys have to touch girls hand and girls have to touch boys hands, but it was fun. Wasn't it? They're like, yeah. So that was really fun. That's great. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing with third grade. And then fourth grade, um, they just learned Cinco Pa. I'm a little bit, I guess, behind from what, I don't know, but that's where they're at. Cinco Pa and Haido. Okay. So we're, we've been doing some practice of that, but I'm also having them work on, which it honestly could be like a whole other podcast episode, but I'm having them work on this program project where with small groups, they're creating a program based off of a book, I've which is like so much fun following your whole process on this. Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've put, I, I guess, yeah, I've talked to you and maybe posted on Instagram. Yeah. It's been yeah. really fun. Um, and it's also really fun to hear you know, what they come up with. So I'm going to try to take all of that information that I'm gathering from them and have that inform my fifth grade program. And also, you know, so that the fourth graders who then become fifth graders, I'll be using a lot of their ideas to create the fifth grade program. And we'll also be gathering their input as fifth graders, but I am hoping maybe I can like whatever book comes up the most as the book that was chosen. Cause I have this huge stack of books that kids can just look through. So if I keep seeing the same book coming up, well, maybe I should do that book, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been experimenting with some, like having a portion of my lesson be direct instruction where we're, you know, whole group teaching and then have a portion of my lesson be small group. I agree. Um, I've been doing a lot of that too. And I still think there's always a place for direct instruction, especially in the elementary music room. But it's just really nice to get to see the kids take ownership. Yes. It's good. I think it's a good balance. Yeah. And we both had amazing training at Capitol, um, which I wouldn't take away for the world. It was just transformative. Yes. Um, But I think... I don't know. I think I've been experimenting with like having that be a lot, you know, the way I was trained to be, have that still be a lot of my lesson, but then, you know, like you said, giving them more ownership and having them work in a small group to like compose in first grade or come up with a program in fourth grade or whatever. And I, I have been finding that to be a really good balance. between. Yeah. The whole, the I, I think, I think you can still retain that same training and that the essence of that philosophy when you, when you look at that whole part, whole idea. So, you know, I look at it that way in, in sort of a, a macro sense as well as a micro sense. So the idea that, you know, as an entire class, we also are whole and then in our small groups. And then I try to bring them back at the end so that we leave together too, you know, but, but having that middle chunk of the lesson be, exploratory and, you know, have them move around. I think that's really been helping. It, it certainly helps with engagement because the students have to be engaged. Yes. Yeah. They have, they have great ownership with it. And I was talking to Emily, my traveler this year about it, about how nice it is to like be able to roam the room and have conversations yes. with them and hear what they're saying to each other. 
Because I think for the longest time I felt like I always, it was almost like you get this sense of guilt that you always have to be up there teaching, yeah. but really that's not always the best thing for them. Sometimes I feel like that I is. felt, I felt better relationships this year yes. by being able to be around the room for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in centers, same kind of thing. We start off whole group the way that I've done centers. We start off whole group and then split into centers. And, and last time assessing at one of the centers, I've been able to like just roam around and help students one-on-one or whatever. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of like our day of teaching. And then at the end of the day, I do have, um, daycare bus duty. So I make sure all the kids that are there for daycare buses are, you know, in line and where they're supposed to be and see them off on the bus, which like you said, at the beginning of the day, it's nice to, you know, be able to ask them how their day was and say goodbye to them and that kind of thing. Do you have duty at the end of the day? I don't. Uh, I have bus duty every morning at Heritage, my morning school. And then um, thankfully, I'm able to just fill in if they need me to at my other buildings. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's our school day. And sometimes I stick around to get some stuff done and sometimes I can't, you know. Sure. But, um, yeah. But our day ends at four. So that's it. Yeah. I wow. usually try to get a, a loop walk-in either before school starts. And if I haven't done it in the morning, I do it in the afternoon. That's a kinda, good idea. It just kind of gets me, starts to decompress my day. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I did uh, maybe last week or the week before we have a pond in front of my school. So during some of my planning, I took a little walk around the pond, <laughs> got scared nice. by some, some very loud geese that honked at me, but <laughs> But yeah, it's nice to get outside too. I have no windows at all in my room and I also have no windows on my door. So like when my doors are closed, like I have no idea what's going out in the hallway unless I hear something. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so it's nice if you can go out into the world and, you know, oh, look, it's raining or, oh, it's snowing or, oh. you know, oh, it's a beautiful day, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully that gives um, everyone listening just kind of an idea of, you know, what our day in and day out looks like. And certainly in our district. Yeah. It's so different everywhere. Yeah. I'd be interested uh, to hear about other people's days. So feel free to comment. If you go to the show notes, we'll put any links that we talked about. Yeah. Tell us about your day. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and comment on that. So if you go to Mrs. Miracle's music room and then click on podcast and then find this podcast episode, We'll put any links and feel free to comment on that post about your day. So should we talk about what I'm listening to or what I'm consuming? Yes. All right. So my 14-year-old Jenna has gotten me into the show Rise. Have you seen Rise? Not yet, but you are not the first to tell me I need to watch it. You would love it, Katie, because I know you love musical theater. I do love it. Um, so she got me into it and she was like, oh, you need to watch this show. And I was like, okay, okay, whatever. And then I started watching it and I, I texted her with tears rolling down my face and I'm like, I'm a sobbing mess. Thanks so much. It was so good. Um, yeah, I'm, I cry easily when I'm watching shows, but, um, or commercials, but anyway, so rise (laughs) is the show is called, it's great. 
And uh, we, m- my daughter and I started listening to uh, the soundtrack from Spring Awakening, which is what the show is about. So I was oh. not musical, and it's kind of a risque That's a musical. little racy, yeah. I, you know, that's part of the plot of this show is that they're doing this pretty risque music. Yeah. Uh, and my 14-year-old is listening to it. And that's how uh, Jonathan got, Groff got his start. Who? Jonathan Groff, who was um I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had some interesting conversations with my 14-year-old about it. Um yeah. but I want to say Leah Michelle too. Oh, I think okay. she got her start in Spring Awakening. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That. Fun facts. Yes. Yeah. So she um put that music on for me on her way to piano today okay along with it yeah it's I I really need to listen to the whole soundtrack and but this show rise is top notch if you like musical theater you should definitely watch this show I will put it on my short list yeah very good what have you been listening to or well most recently I'm actually pulling a podcast double header tonight so um I'm recording with you and then I'm recording with my husband in like 10 minutes. So, awesome. oh, he says five. So, um, <laughs> so we are, I know. Yeah, he's making that wrap up thing with his hands, <laughs> yeah. like on TV. Um, no, we are, we are reminiscing, we are reviewing and looking back on Tori Amos's From the Choir Girl Hotel. My gosh, I love Tori Amos. I actually saw, her tour with that. That's album. what I figured out. That was the album I had seen her tour. Yeah. I I'm saw just, her in Cleveland. Yeah, it's ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was ni- 1998. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Detroit, we're in Cleveland. That's so funny. So crazy. So we're uh, just discussing, like, reliving that album. And it's yeah. so interesting to go back now. I didn't, I really didn't listen for much other than lyrics and vocals when I was younger. Right. And so to go back now and understand more about production and instrumentation, I can really hear how that was like a breakaway from her sound previous to that. You know, like she really abandoned the piano and I mean, it was still there, but there was so much more going on. It just really was different than her other stuff. And I didn't I didn't process that as a as a young. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. (laughs) But yeah, you should go back and listen. It's really cool. Yeah, we so we, we should link to that podcast episode once it goes live. Oh yeah, notes, just in case other people are Tori Amos fans and want to listen. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> well, have fun. That's awesome. Thanks. All right, so that's it. That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, have a good one. So, yeah, you too. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening. All right. Good night. Bye.